we are maybe in the midst of a cinema renaissance. And we are going to talk about how the Calgary Flames of the last two years would make a great tragedy. Your Locked On Flames, your daily podcast on the Calgary Flames. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello everyone and welcome to today's episode of Locked On Flames. As always, I'm your host, Jess Bomasto, joined by my partner in crime, Nick Zararis. Um, today we are going to be talking all about, I, I don't know, Nick told me I needed to come in blind. So Nick is, you know, kind of leading the ship today. But make sure you're subscribed to Locked On Flames wherever you're getting your podcasts. And of course on YouTube as well. We are still here for you through the off season and let's just let's talk about it so we've had quite the last interesting two weeks you know it's very rare anymore you get these big communal shared experiences where everybody's consuming the same stuff it's Mm -hmm. very hard now with the way everything is so splintered whether it's music movies tv you know at what streaming service is this on when is this artist going to put music out I can't get tickets to this concert, whatever. It's very difficult for people to have shared experiences anymore. And it makes doing criticism and having conversations about media more challenging in today's world because we don't all have the same frame of reference anymore. It's not like back in the day when there were 12 channels and, you know, you get 100 million people watching the news at the end of the day because there wasn't a lot going on in 1964, you know, that kind of thing. That, so when you get moments like this, like last week, you had Bar- Barbie and Oppenheimer both come out on Friday. I've seen both twice at this point. I saw Barbie this morning again, just to kind oh of re- reset my brain. And just it's it's for someone like me who loves who loves movies, who just loves consuming media. It, it was genuinely nice. Like usually when I go to the movies, it's like I don't want people sitting next to me. And then last night I went to Oppenheimer this morning. I went to Barbie. I'm like, it's crowded in here. This is good. Maybe movies aren't dying. Maybe people do care about art. Movies are so back. Um, I have yet to see either, but uh, that is mainly because I have this horrible fear of movie theaters. And, but I'm going Saturday, so any, anything's possible. Anything's possible if you uh, just put your mind to it. But no, I definitely agree with you. It is hard. Like It's not like how it used to be where... like. CSI would air Monday night and then everybody Tuesday morning at the water cooler would talk about it. We don't have that anymore. Yeah, no, there. it's really hard to have shared experiences, especially across generations where like, you know, younger people are gravitating towards the digital only stuff. Like, I don't know. if And I don't think my parents, if I asked them, do you know what the bear is and where to find it? They would both look at me. My dad would, my dad would laugh because my dad just like doesn't watch TV. And my mom would be like, the bear is it like a cartoon is that on like nickelodeon you bring like, something home what yeah exactly exactly so when you get experiences like barbie like oppenheimer you you open your brain up a little bit you start being like okay well now how can i translate this to other mediums and the, the internet's done a very good job over the last few days i've seen quite a sprinkling of good memes using stills from both movies the Barbie ones have been especially funny. Even the Oppenheimer ones, which like there's maybe like two jokes in the entirety of that three hour movie that get audible laughs where it's like Matt Damon being like, what? So what you mean if we push that button, there's a chance we blow up the world? Yes. How, what are the odds of that? Near zero. 
what would you like from theory? Zero. Well, that's the best I can do for you. Like, that's the most funny line in the whole movie. <laughs> and this is a three-hour-long movie. There are not a lot of punchlines. No. So for so to try and make... That just speaks to the creativity and the fact that such a wide swath of people have gone out to see. And, you know, there it's hard to get people to go to the theater anymore. We talk about this a lot in terms of sports, of mm-hmm. getting people to do something as an audience. Like, what are you doing to entice your fans to come to your game? We talk about this all the time with the Flames in regards to, well, the team can't bottom out because it's a sensitive market wherein if they're really bad, the NHL can go and do shenanigans. Like, it's really what it comes down to. And I don't think the NHL's at a point where they're going to ever relocate another team because they're too stubborn. If there were ever a time to do it, it would have been Arizona. And the fact they've been... just don't do it. So I, I think you'd be okay in that respect. But I do think the way the Flames have been run with this kind of have one foot in, one foot out kind of mentality speaks to the fact that the ownership and the leadership group has been very inclined to like, well, we got to keep people coming. We got to make this, we got to make our revenues. We got to be able to pay our bills. We got to take care of, we have this amount of money to spend. We can only do so much with it. We need to be drawing as much as we can to kind of make up for that. It's the same problem with movies. It's part of what you've seen now with the strikes going on where these studios are really, really trying to gut out every last dollar because it's hard to make a profit in media anymore. And it's coming at the expense of the creative people who put the projects together, which kind of doesn't make sense. I don't understand how the people who don't have anything to do with the creative process are trying to say how much the creative people are worth. I would like to see David Zaitsev try and sit down and write a movie. I don't think he could do it. That That's kind of where we're at right now. And it comes back to, again, something we talk about in hockey a lot, where it's like, yeah, if you gave me, you know, five nerds from Twitter and a couple of Patreon subscriptions. I could probably do a better job than Chuck Fletcher. Yeah. I'm not, that, that's really what it comes down to in my mind where you get to this conversation of people who know what it takes to do it and people who think they know what it takes to do it. And then the other problem you have is just kind of what I was talking about, where you get into this idea of people who are so far removed from, you know, the real world, the creative decision makers, mm-hmm. the just being, having, counter arguments in their day-to-day life that they always assume they're right and that's kind of where we're at in regards to both we talk about this all the time in hockey how it's a club of about 80 white guys who all alternate all of these jobs and for the most part there's no getting in if you're not related to one of those guys yeah exactly and you know i think i mean how many bobblehead giveaways can you do in a season yeah i mean like the yankees just did like hawaiian shirt day i would i would eat that up but then you have That's to, a good giveaway. Like you have to think of like different things, and then of course partnerships and copyright written stuff. But I don't know. I at least we have not gotten to the point where there's movies or ads during a movie because Thankfully. I would just get up and leave. I would just get up and leave. See, I can't say that entirely because I do watch movies on Hulu from time to time, and Hulu does have ads. Like I watched uh, the Hating Game on Hulu the other day. I, I I do enjoy a silly rom com every now and then, like everybody else. That was very entertaining. But yes, hey, the way I look at it is, and this is entirely like the terminal brain rot. It's like, oh boy, a minute and a half to check my phone. This is perfect. It's like they yep. programmed in time for my ADHD to work. So yeah. that way, I'm not distracted from the movie. I can check my phone for a minute and a half and then I can go back to focusing on the movie. It's it's actually low-key kind of ideal. Low-key for the ADHD and the brain rotted. It's not a bad idea. Yeah. But before we move on, 
we are going to take a quick break here. So you can have a few minutes of brain rot and relaxation uh, before we dive into the Calgary Flames, just the pure sadness and tragedy and how that would make, you know, a, a perfect Hollywood script. But before we do that, you can take your first swing at betting Major League Baseball on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That sounds like a good deal to me. Uh, all on an app that is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you can get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on Major League Baseball than, than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. And thank you, everyone, for hanging out with us today here on Locked on Flames, off-season edition. Make sure you're subscribed uh, wherever you get your podcasts so we can, so you can enjoy the silly season. It, it's time to just let loose and, I mean, basically write a movie. That's the idea here. So when we talk about the last two-ish years, I think the big points that you have to have if you were to do this, I think number one, you're absolutely having a conversation. You're having a scene after they lose to Edmonton where Brad sits down with Daryl and they both look at each other and go, we're not far away. We think we're we're pretty close. And mm -hmm. if this summer goes right, I think that's your initial starting point. I think that has to be your opening salvo of this movie where you'll do parts of the 2021-2022 season. But for the most part, this movie is going to be about this past season that just ended with all the frustration and all the challenges. So I think naturally you have to start out with the juxtaposition of we think we're really close. All we got to do is lock our guys up. We run this back. We're going to be right there again. And yeah. then you cut to Johnny sitting down and talking with his wife. You sit down and cut to Matt talking with Keith and his brother and trying to figure out what to do. And I think those are our two. That's our opening. That's our first 40 minutes of this movie. That's yeah. the first act of this movie. It's just the off season of last year. And then you can do the Kadri, Huberto, Uyghur, all of that later on within that first act. That is the first act of this movie. In my mind, you have all of the off season stuff. You have the talking, the, the talking Aaron Sorkin type office people sitting around office tables yeah. lawyers you have that type of talking first opening act of the movie relative i almost would go as far as to say no hockey at all in the first oh act yeah no don't just, in, I just go full business to start and then like yeah. when they like close the notebook or like close the office door that's when like the like the title you get your first crowd shot yeah. and then you're just yeah. like directed by locked on flames Who? and then not to the I, I would not presume myself competent enough to direct a movie. I would. I, I was trying to think like what type of narrative voice I would want this movie to have, and like I, I was thinking like dark comedy, and like the. I, I was thinking like Edgar Wright, like you know who does all who does all the silly British movies with like Hot Fuzz and like Shaun of the Dead and At World's End, where it's like this is absurd, and we know this is kind of silly, and this is you know hockey. It's not that serious. It's not yeah. life or death. But at the same time, like, you know, it is kind of life and death because you come home and you just want to see the Flames play competent hockey. And they hit three posts. 
and they don't get a shot on goal on an, on a power play. And a puck's mm-hmm. going to hit Chris Tanev in the thigh and then go in behind. It's going to slip in, trickling over the line as Markstrom dives backwards trying to sweep the puck out of the net mouth. Because yeah. anything that can go wrong will go wrong. I think I think you almost have to call the name. I think you almost have to title this movie Murphy's Law. Yeah, I you know, I think that would make perfect sense just because, again, everything that could go wrong went wrong. And just when you think like there were no other ways for things to go south, they managed to nosedive even further. And I, you know, what do we have a scene where Markstrom's just sitting there? I think that that's I mean, that's kind of a staple in every hockey movie, the just brooding, quiet goalie who, like, hates himself because every goalie is a little – every goalie is a little quirky. Every goalie is at least a little quirky and has their own little thing that keeps them going, their own little mental tick, whatever. I think you absolutely have something to that effect where you have both him and Vladar going through that because that, that was a real recurring theme. Arguably, the single most prescient theme of, in terms of the team on ice was the goaltender's inability to be consistent. I mean – it yeah. took until February, early March, Markstrom to string together, you know, four good starts in a row. And by that point, it was already too late. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's complicated because, you know, in sports, you know, you're only as good as you've been lately. But you still went through those previous 60 games where both of them were really having a hard time. And it feels good that you have that moment towards the end of the second act, the, probably actually probably the end of the third act. Nah, end of the second act because the third act would be this offseason in terms of the pacing. So, yeah. And, and then you get the interesting cutbacks where I think you absolutely have to have a scene where Murray is sitting down in his office. He's sitting around like he looks at a framed picture of Daryl somewhere in the office <laughs> from, from, like two, from like 2004, like them winning the Western Conference, like with that trophy. He looks at that picture of that team and he's like, let me see what Daryl's doing. And he calls Daryl in the middle of the 2020 season. That's absolutely a flashback. Where yeah. sitting behind sitting behind the desk, we don't probably don't even see Murray. We just see Daryl on the farm. He hears the phone ringing, picks up the phone. Do you want to do this? Do what? Run it, coach the team again. I don't know, man. I gotta milk these cows. Let me get back to you. And that's how. I don't know, man. Like uh, like Lou Brown in Major League, where they're like, "Do you want to manage the Cleveland Indians?" Uh, I got a guy in here about a muffler. Let me get back to you. That's exactly the vibe we're going for. Yeah, no, and I feel like that would be perfect. And then, you know, we would obviously have to have a scene where they're just there's a screaming match going on. Oh yeah, no, I I I have that probably. That's our that's probably our denouement of the second act. Is just the is just them in the midst of the what was it eight game losing streak in early September. One, two, three four, five, six, seven game losing streak. And from the end of October into November, I think that's our denouement of the second act is just the absolute, we're never going to win a hockey game ever again. I don't want to come to work. I I think that's a recurring bit where every morning coming to practice, they just sit in their cars as long as they can before going into the rink. (laughs) Practice Morning skates, 10 a.m. I'm still sitting in my car at 9.57. I'm waiting as long as I can so I don't have to talk to anyone. Get dressed, go out onto the ice, and get it over with as fast as I can. Yeah, no, and I, like, there would have to be, like, some, like, rink worker or something that's, like, the marker where you're, like, oh, my God, they're going in, so I have to go in. It's not anyone on the team. It's, like, some random, like... 
it's someone who I works like the zamboni or whatever yeah. yeah yeah exactly exactly just or like or the coffee the, or the coffee gets delivered at exactly <laughs> the same time every single day where like they see the coffee supply guy pull up with the silver container and wheel yeah. it in and it's like all right i gotta go in they're setting up the catering for after practice yeah, yeah no that would honestly that would be perfect i feel like i don't know we need to get camera crew in Calgary See, next year. This is one of the problems that that with hockey and with most sports in all honesty. Mm-hmm. It is the only sport that really translate well translates well to film is baseball. Yeah. Every other sport has issues. It is really hard to make hockey look convincing. That is one of the real issues that just why it's so hard to make a decent hockey movie. One of the reasons Miracle Works is they hired hockey players to act as opposed to actors to play hockey players. It is really hard to make actors look like convincing athletes. Sure, you have occasional outliers. You think about like um, you think about like Costner in either For the Love of the Game or Bull Durham, Charlie Sheen in Major League. There are occasionally guys who like, you know, they look like they fit. They, they look comfortable. They don't look awkward doing what they're doing. And then you worry about like, well, how are you going to do a hockey movie without a lot of hockey? And that means you have a lot of cuts. You have a lot of camera shenanigans where someone just scores a goal and then you cut to them in the corner and it's the actors standing in the corner, but not Mm -hmm. actually on a rink, but standing in a corner on a soundstage kind of thing. Yeah, that's that's really the only way you could make this work. And it's part of the challenge of why. You can't, there just aren't a lot of hockey movies, aside from the fact that there just isn't a huge audience for hockey movies. But that's the, that's the NHL's fault, not, not the sport of hockey's fault. Yeah, no, that's a whole like different can of worms that we could dissect. But we are going to stick with pushing through to this third act because what, what is a movie without a hopefully heartwarming or absolutely gut wrenching ending? Thank you, everyone, for hanging out with us on Locked on Flames as we put together a movie of uh, the last two and a half seasons in this offseason. So, uh, yes, thank you. Make sure you're subscribed wherever you're getting your podcasts. And, of course, tell us, you know, who would you want to play? I don't know. I know who. I know who I'm having play, Daryl. This isn't even a conversation. It's Brian Cox. It's Logan Roy from Succession. That, there is nobody more perfect to play the grouchy old man than the person we just saw play a grouchy old man for three straight seasons. Yeah, I, I think that that's fair. I mean, is that typecasting? But I think that's perfect. He, we know he can be an angry old man. That, then, that's, yeah. he's, if you're really good at it, I mean, I, it is kind of typecasting, but like, you know. It's not bad casting. It's not. He's a really good actor. And we know he likes using the F word a lot, which which works for hockey. For a hockey movie, this works. I I think you need to have Brian Cox as Daryl. I think that's the most obvious casting out of all of these. So how are are we wrapping up this movie? Are are we going to have a sequel? I think... I think you kind of have to because you don't know how this off season is going to go. I th- maybe it would be kind of good symmetry to kind of tie it all together, where you you open the movie with you know with with uh, Johnny and Matt leaving, and then you end the movie with like Lindholm and Hannafin being like, "Yeah, I don't want to stay either." And, and then Bye, you get, yeah, and you get the cut to black, and it's the Calgary Ref- Flames will return for the 2023-2024 season. Because until you know, you can't do, the, you can't tie it all together. Because you still don't know 
what exactly what the resolution is because we don't know either because the flames haven't figured it out yet yeah no um i god i'm so glad that no actually i wish this was a movie instead of the team we're covering but you know it, it, it is what it is who who else do you have for I, this one is mostly just because you know like the builds are similar I have Tom Holland as Johnny Gaudreau. Oh, teeny, teeny yes. boys. Yes, small boys, yes. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. This one's a bit out there, but I was trying to think who's unhinged but also charismatic to play Matthew. Yeah. And I went with Tom Hardy, who, you know. Yes, 100%, yeah. yes, please. He, he does unhinged very well, but he's also charming and charismatic in the same way Matthew is. Like, I can picture Tom Hardy sitting on a bench chewing a mouth guard incessantly like a dog. Oh, yeah. Like, I re I can see it. it. It's That one translates really, really well. And we just need more good actors doing sports movies. The sports movies are kind of, like, just cooked now at this point. Yeah. Like, they're all straight-to-streaming service movies, which is really mm -hmm. disappointing. Because, like, there are just so many great stories you can tell using the vehicle of sports, which is, oh, yeah. the which is the very corny thing I say as a film bro, is sports movies aren't about sports. They're about the people who play sports, which, you know, that, that's like, you know, like, snapple cap wisdom like that's something yeah. like someone's uncle says on facebook and got like that's pretty deep in the comments like that's not really that wise but it is effectively yeah no you're absolutely right i mean i i wish that we just got more movies that didn't jump right to the streaming services yes. i feel like you know i mean i understand during like the height of the pandemic and everything like you have to put this product somewhere so I get that, but I feel like at this point, you know, this last week of cinema should just be rejuvenating and giving people hope and hopefully their studios pay them. It's two weeks or a week and a half. I, I would be excited if, you know, I was an avid movie watcher to be like, we're so back. Hey, and we've got more stuff on the horizon. You got the Scorsese DiCaprio movie in the fall. You've got the Napoleon movie in the fall. It, movies will probably never get back to where they were early or last decade because the superhero movie kind of sucked all the oxygen out of the room and just became the only thing that people were willing to see. And to the point now where they are so oversaturated with superhero content that just nobody wants to see anything anymore. Like yeah. even, even some of the criticism I've read about Oppenheimer is that the Einstein reveal feels Marvel cinematic university, because that's all people can think about over the last 10 years is every character reveal in their head where it's like, you know, Oh yeah. What was his name? Uh, Oh yeah. It, it's just kind of like, that's because the average person doesn't go to the movies that often. I understand going to the movies four times in like six days like I have. That's an outlier situation. That is yeah. not the every single person who goes to the movie type person. But the average person who goes to the movie two, three times a year, there's a reason Marvel puts out two movies, three movies a year. They assume they can get the three person, three movies a year person to go to see at least one of them. Yeah. If they get two of them, that's a good share of the market is people who go to the movies at less than five times a year. And that's really the goal for these studios is to just corral those people. That's why the lowest common denominator, the quality of movies has gone down, is trying to appeal to as wide a base as possible with 
to try and just milk as much of it as you can. I mean, you have movies that cost like $300 million to make. And if they don't break even, you know, that gets people, oh, you don't get hired again to make a movie. Right. If you don't make your money back. So it's in your interest to make a movie that appeals to as many people as possible. It's as digestible as possible. And it's easy. It hits the right notes. And that's really why, to some degree, we're kind of at this point of, I don't want to say inflection because that happened a while ago, but just it's it's really weird because you think like you know, movies, music, TV, all this stuff, you know, as time goes on, you would think it's always going to keep, you know, building on what was already there. But this is kind of this stuff has happened before where yeah. it, you've reached a kind of this is what happened in the late 80s where everybody was just putting out crap and it eventually market corrected itself. The hope. Yeah is that the last week and a half going into hopefully the fall, you get a good swing of movies that kind of rejuvenate everybody to some degree. Yeah. And I feel like you can tie that right back to hockey and it's just kind of like, you know, you need to get a few good games under your belt and you start losing. Okay. But you know, it'll hopefully eventually turn around. Uh, Do not look at last season as any sort of indicator there that is a complete outlier but um yeah no i think that things can definitely uh swing back into you know i don't think the movies will ever be what they once were like you said nothing beats you know a 12 13 bucket of buttered corn it doesn't. That's part of the experience, man. That it's sometimes you just gotta like going going to a baseball game. I gotta get a hot dog. I oh, gotta yeah. get a beer. Like, come on, I can't not. No, it's like sacrilegious to do it to not do it. Rather, is it really is. It, it, sacrilegious is a word. Yeah, that's what I thought. I don't know. <sighs> Who do you have any other fun fan casts? Because not particularly, no. Because I. The hard part with doing team sports is you have too many people. It, it, you cannot cast every single person, but you need to have that amount of bodies going around. The other yeah. one, the other one I thought of that I saw on Twitter the other day, but this person doesn't act. Is just Noah Khan is Chris Tanev. I, I, I yes, assume you saw, I saw that. I, you saw that. Yeah. Yes. Just because he looks like him, I have no idea if Noah Khan can act or not. But uh, yeah. reasonable doppelganger. I mean, that's fine. All he has to do is just stand there. And then he doesn't have to act. That's right. Just, Chris Tanev just won't have a speaking part in the movie. He'll just be hanging out. That works. Yeah, he won't have to lose any teeth or black any teeth out. Yeah, it'll. It's perfect. I Noah Khan. If you know, listen to Lockdown Flames. You can call us. We'll pitch you some ideas. But uh, right. yeah, I think this movie's gonna need a sequel because we're a month post draft and they have. Done exactly nothing. Oh, the sequel's the sequel's gonna be a horror movie. Yeah, yeah. No one. No one survives next season. (laughs) No, it's just gonna be. Oh, I don't think my cat wants to see this movie. Why are you yelling? Um, but yeah, no. Oh my god. We'll stay tuned for the sequel because no one's gonna be able to write this except the flames themselves. Yeah. Oh, God. It's just going to be a mass exodus. But um, that was a fun surprise. I enjoyed yeah. that. Yeah. I hope everyone listening did. Um, thank you, everyone, for hanging out with us today. Uh, as we, you know, 
slowly make our way through the off season. July is just about over. Then we have August and woohoo. People will be coming back to Calgary before we know it. Uh, but make sure you're subscribed wherever you're getting your podcasts. And of course on YouTube as well, we're free 99 across the board and uh, you can follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore flames pod. You can follow me on Twitter at Jess Belmosto and Nick at Nick Zararis. Nick, do you have any final thoughts? Drink water. It's hot. Yes. Stay hydrated. Be smart. Be safe.